I'm excited. I get to deliver a short message tonight. We're going to try to stick with that. Um, but a very, very simple, but very, very powerful message. Um, if you can remember, if you've got a short memory, here, here it is. God wants to heal you. Sickness is from the devil. God wants to use you to see others healed. Okay, if you forget everything else, if you can just remember that, we win, okay? Um, but but as, I was, as I was thinking about this, as we were praying about this service, I got thinking going, okay, this is such a simple thing that, that God wants people healed, but why is it that so many times we can acknowledge that, we can like philosophically recognize it, but still struggle with it? And I, and I begin to go, why is it that we struggle with healing? And I, and I begin to go, as easy as it is to say that God wants you well, a lot of people struggle with it because they don't think he does. They think he might want somebody else well, that God does heal, can heal, and occasionally does, but the idea that he wants them well is a struggle. And they've got different things that they wrap, in, they wrap their struggle in to make it sound like a spiritual thing rather than um, a struggle. I remember... Uh, a long time ago, I was in um, my wife's apartment before she was my wife, and we're hanging out with a bunch of people, and we're, we're goofing off, and all of a sudden, someone just like comes busting through the door, and there was like 15 people in her apartment, and it wasn't a very big apartment. We just all piled in and played games, and someone just comes like busting through the door, and they're like, hey guys, I need you to pray, and this is what just happened to my cousin, and just like their cousin was in a coma, and da 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 and like they just throw out all this stuff, and we're like, all right, let's pray. And uh, one of the people that were in the apartment started praying, and I just couldn't believe it. They're like, well, God, if you want to heal them, you could heal them, but what are you trying to teach them in this? And maybe they can learn the lesson. And, and they go through all this stuff, and I'm like, what? if I didn't know better, if I just heard you pray, and this is what I based my theology on, I would be sure that God is dishing out sickness, and it's kind of like a reward of a new grade. So now I have a lesson, and it comes in the form of a sickness. Like, like when, when you hear it, if you stop and think about it, you go, that's messed up. But, when you, but a lot of people are at this spot where they're like, well, well God, God must want to be teaching me something. Or maybe God's just mad at me because I've done some stupid things. And they, they have these things that they hold on to. Or some of them get into this idea that because God's awesome, because God is powerful, they're like, it happened. So it must just be what God wants. You know, couldn't, isn't, isn't it obvious that if, if, a, if God's powerful and it happened, doesn't that just mean that God must want me sick? for something. Maybe it's this lesson. And, and they, they hold on to this, but that's not what the Bible teaches. In fact, it's very contrary to what the Bible teaches. Everything that happens isn't God's will. In fact, Jesus says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And if you think that everything that happens must have happened because God wants it, you're going to blame a lot of things on God that the enemy did. Because he says that there's an enemy. In fact, he tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, he says, pray that the Lord's will is done. And he tells you that for two reasons. Number one, it's not always done. If it was always done, you wouldn't need to pray it. But he, he says, pray this, and we, we know that God's will is that everybody gets saved. He says it in 
Um, the Bible says in 1 Timothy that God desires all men to be saved. He says in 2 Peter that he doesn't want anyone to perish, but that everyone should reach repentance. But he says that many, um, he says that wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. So I see that, that God has a desire. Doesn't always happen. So why did he tell me to pray it? Because my prayers make a difference. Because when I pray, I get to partner with God to see God's will done on earth as it is in heaven. And so then comes this, this, this massive important thing going, what is God's will? Because 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, this is the confidence that we have towards him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So what is his will? So... So where's one of the best spots to look at what he says he wants because God knows what he wants, so he says it. Two, I say, well, let's look at when he made everything the way that he wanted it to be. What did it look like? So if you can like engage your imaginations, picture the Garden of Eden. And you picture God makes Adam and Eve and he makes this beautiful garden. Can you picture... On day one, when God says it's good, could you picture Adam coming up going, hey, God, I've got this growth right here. I think I've got cancer. Like, you, no. You're like, this is the Garden of Eden. Like, that doesn't have any place here. This, this, because there was no sickness and there was no death until after sin entered the world. Because that's, that was never God's plan. God never wanted people to be sick. In fact, if you look the whole Bible you see, God had this awesome plan. He wanted man to be on earth, for man to rule and reign over earth, and God wanted to walk with man. This is what you see in Genesis. Then you see sin into the world, and with sin came sickness, came death, came pain, came sorrow, and you see things get twisted, and God goes, I love you, and I still have a plan for you, and I'm not going to give up on you. And you watch through the whole Bible, and that God goes, all right, I'm going to set a nation apart for myself so that I can give them a promise, so that I can come as a savior, so that I can redeem them, so I can set things straight. And if you go all the way from Genesis, you get to the other end of the book, you get to Revelation chapter one, chapter one, chapter 21, and it says that there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and that God will be with man, they will be his people and they will, he will be their God. There'll be no more sickness, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death. And he goes through this and goes, this is, these, these things have been part of sin and they've been part of the fall and they won't be any longer because that's not my plan. That's not my will. My will is that you be in health even as your soul prospers. My plan is for healing. My plan is for health. And you go, well then, then why, if, if God has this, this good for us, why do we see sickness? Why do we see pain? Well, we, we've already established that there is an enemy. That the Bible says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And then we, we look, and sometimes we have pain because we do stupid things. Like, this is, this is a reality. If you do something stupid, sometimes it hurts. You grab a pan when it's on, there's, you don't even need to blame the devil. That was just stupid. And and I have experienced some pain um, because I have done things that are stupid and I have more stories than time would allow in that department. Um, but sometimes we experience pain, we experience sickness because somebody else does something stupid. Because we would like it to be very um, like tightly compact that it's my choices that affect me and if I can do things right, then nothing bad will happen to me. But that's not the way the world works. See, if I do something stupid, it's, 
about as likely to hurt you as it is to hurt me. If I go and drive like an idiot, I put, his, I put a whole lot more lives in danger than just my own. If I decide that God says to love you, but I'd rather punch you and I punch you, you're going to feel the pain of my sin. Like there's this, this very simple thing that a lot of times we want to compartmentalize things and go, well, I didn't do anything. But if somebody else does something, it can cause pain for you. If somebody else starts cutting corners and including chemicals and things because it saves them money and somebody ends up with cancer. It may not have been their choice that did it, but it may have been somebody else's sin. It may be a direct attack from the devil. It may be a direct result of somebody's choice to, to, to sin, to um, put themselves before everybody else and have it hurt somebody. Some of it is because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that earth itself is groaning under the weight of sin, waiting for God's reappearing, and that God is going to set things right, that God wants to bring healing. And when we see this, that this is what God wants. Jesus says this, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. John chapter 14, verse nine. What did Jesus do with sickness? He healed it. Everywhere that he goes, you see, and he showed up and they brought the sick and he healed the sick. You see that he, um, in, in 3 John verse eight, 3 verse 8, it says, um, the devil has been sinning from the beginning. It says, the reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. That when Jesus showed up, he healed the sick, cast out um, devils, raised the dead, um, and, and he, he brought the kingdom. He brought God's provision of what is in heaven to earth and he saw people healed. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says that he went about empowered, says that he went about in power um, with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. When he saw uh, in Matthew 14, 14, it says that he went ashore and saw a great crowd. He had compassion on them and healed their sick. So when Jesus encountered sick people, he goes, oh, that's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not God's plan for you. That's not God's will for you. You are supposed to be healthy. And he prayed for them and he saw them, them healed. He told sickness what to do. He told it to go. He commanded evil spirits to leave and he saw people healed and, and set right. Well, not only did he do this, but he commissioned us to carry it on. See, in... In John 14, 12, he says, Truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will they do. He says in Acts 1, 8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's the same Holy Spirit that came upon him and empowered him to go about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil. And he goes, The same thing that empowered me is going to empower you so you can do all the works that I did, and greater works than these do you do. In Mark 16, 15, he says, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. So the whole creation, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. And it ends with, they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. And I've talked to so many people who go, but I don't feel like I have the ability to pray for them. It's not about you. I'm a dad. I got four kids. Two of my kids are right here, Benaiah and Ezekiel. Um, one of the things that happens on a regular basis is that somebody is doing something that they probably shouldn't do. Um, it's the nature of having a seven and six-year-old, okay? And uh, when this happens, occasionally my older one, Benaiah, is doing something that needs um, to stop. And 
Ezekiel will come and say, hey, Benaiah is A, B, and C, whether that's picking on me, breaking my stuff, or breaking some rule, whatever it is. And you respond as the father and you say, go tell him to stop. I've done that. Tell him dad says stop. Now, when I say that, everything changes. Did Ezekiel grow a foot? Did he get stronger than his older brother? No. He is still younger. He is still a little bit smaller. But he walks down and with authority can tell Benaiah, Benaiah, you have to stop. Dad said stop. And, and Benaiah goes, oh, and stops. Why? Because he, he's a good kid and he obeys. But secondly, because <laughs> he knows that it is not... If he, if he disregards it, it is not Ezekiel that he's going to answer to. It is dad, because Ezekiel is, 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 is operating in my authority. Well, Jesus said this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore. And he sends us out in his authority to, to lay hands on the sick and to see them recovered. And it's not just a pastor thing. I... I was so excited. We took a bunch of high schoolers on a discipleship trip um, this last, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, a month ago, whatever it was. And, and they begin to catch this. And we saw miracles on the trip. We saw uh, one of the band members that showed up. We've been praying for people. He shows up and the students lay hands on him and his back is healed. And he comes to me the next day and he hadn't been able to sleep. And I think it was like a couple months. Like it had been a long time where he'd been having issues and trouble sleeping, and he was healed. Then he comes up to me the next day. He goes, they prayed for my back. My eyes got better too. And he was just all excited um, because he got a two-for-one special. And he's like, I didn't even tell them that my, my eyes, what we were, we were believing for. And then we get back, and there's this awesome young girl who's on the trip. Kylie, you're amazing if you're out here. And, uh, but, but she comes on, and she has, uh, or started with, a bit more of a conservative personality. Um, just a little bit more reserved. But, but she encountered God in a powerful way. And we ended the trip on a Sunday as they came back to the service. And when she, she sits down at a table, we have our service around tables and she's sitting there. And my wife comes up to the table and goes to sit down and her back was hurting. So she just kind of like winced as she went to sit down. And Kyla just looks at her and goes, is your back hurting? <laughs> yeah. Can I pray for it? Yeah. <laughs> she just lays hands on my wife's back, prays for her. And I mean, it's like, it was, she's just healed. And then the service ends and her whole family like got together to hear stories about the trip. And they all went out to, um, I think it was Logan's. And they get to the restaurant and grandma's back has been hurting. And so she just asked grandma, hey, grandma, can I pray for your back? Sits her down in the restaurant, lays hands on her, prays for her. And she's like, oh, my pain level is here. And now my pain level is here. And just begins to see God move everywhere that she goes because it's, it's not about, check me out, I'm so awesome. Hey, look at this, I got a pastor, and when I got this title, it came with this new healing ability. That's not how it works. He said, these signs will follow those that believe. God wants you well. Sickness is from the enemy, and God wants to use you to heal people. And rather than me to continue to share stories, Jake, where's Pastor Jake? Jake's going to come up, and we've got a few people who are going to share a few testimonies of what God is doing through a bunch of different people. So give a big hand for Jake. Oh, stop. Um, 
I'm just so excited for, for all of you. This is one of my favorite sayings. Holy Spirit's a big boy. Like, he knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. And he knows what he wants. And Jesus came, Jesus came because to show what the Father was like. And you look, read the Gospels one time. I dare you to read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Look at what Jesus does. Many times it says, everyone who came to him was healed. Entire cities. And he says, you're going to do greater. So that blows the top off my expectations. But tonight, uh, I have eight people that are going to come up and share just testimonies of what God's done. Testimonies of of healing and miracles and and God's faithfulness. And what my hope is in sharing testimonies is that it, it raises the faith level in the room. And that it raises the ability to, to hope. It raises the ability to dream of what's possible if God's in a room. So I'm going to have, um, to start off, um, who am I going to start with? Um, can I start with you, Clara? Come on up. I don't know who's going to come up. Okay, awesome. And everyone else who I asked to share, so I have like eight people. If I asked you to share, I'm going to ask you to come up and line up um, over at the stairs over here. And uh, just on, on my right, your left. So if I asked you to share, uh, you can come up here. And so everyone, this is Clara. Everyone say hi, Clara. So Clara, how old are you? I'm 11. 11. Okay. So Clara has a story she wants to tell you. And listen, you're all off the hook because she's 11. So she prays for people. Guess what? No excuses. Here you go. She's going to tell her story. Okay. Um, so... I know somebody, um, she was pregnant, and, well, one day my mom tells me her water broke, like, 20 weeks early, and that's really bad, and so we're praying for her, and I prayed that the water would just seal up, and that it would be healed, and the next day my mom gets a call and says she's doing tons better, it's not leaking anymore, and they think she's going to be totally fine, but they're still putting her under observation, but she's doing great and everything, and then, well, she delivered the baby um, perfectly, and full term, term, yeah, everything was great. So just to confirm, so Gal was pregnant, water broke 20 weeks early, not good. You prayed for it to stop right there, and it stopped, and the baby went full term. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. Praise God. Thank you for so, you guys can, thank you so much for sharing. Wow. That's amazing. I'm going to move this back because it's getting in the way. Everyone, this is Jared. This is my brother. I'm better looking. Debatable. So um, I, was, I was actually driving to church on a Sunday morning, and I was late, but not probably a good thing, but um, I saw this lady walking on the side of the road, and I just kind of felt like Jesus um, speak to me, saying like her hip, her hips bothering her, and that her feet were different lengths. So I was like, should I go? I mean, I'm late for church. Like, is that okay? Can I like stop and be late for church? I don't know. So I ended, up, I ended up stopping anyway, and I just prayed with her, had a good conversation, and I asked her about her hip, and she said, no, not really. And I asked her about her, like, uneven legs, and she said, no, not really. And I was like, huh, this is really weird. Well, can I pray for you? 
And I, so I prayed for her really quick, just like a simple like blessing prayer. Didn't pray for healing at all. And I drove away. Um, and then I, I felt like God speak to me again while I was driving away and say, go back. You, you didn't obey me. You didn't pray for what I told you to pray for. You didn't pray for her hip. So then I went back and I, I found her walking again. We were like in a neighborhood. So I was like parked in a neighborhood. And I, uh, so I asked her, I said, hey, do you mind if I pray for you one more time, um, like about your hip? And so I did, and I prayed for her, just commanded healing. And I left, and she didn't, like, experience anything, like, immediate in that time. But um, she texted me two days later, and I'm just going to read her text. And this is what she said. She said, um, update on, on, so update on Sunday morning, your obedience to God and praying for my quote-unquote bad hip that I was unaware of. Yep, apparently I had one. She, this, this is what she said, four things. Within the walking distance of the next four houses, after you left, I realized that the pain I usually get in my left back hip whenever I walk downhill was totally gone. Number two, my footsteps and her gait, they, they were no longer uneven, that her legs were no longer uneven. Three, she had two numb toes on her left foot that were no longer numb. Four, and she had no pain walking down her steps the next morning from her bedroom. That's amazing. Thanks, man. Come on, Nate. Everyone, this is Nate. Get up for Nate. Come on, man. Let's turn. Y'all need Jesus. (laughs) Here you go. All right, so uh, me and a couple of buddies were just walking downtown Grand Rapids, and uh, we were just hanging out, and we are kind of walking, and we noticed someone off on the side on one of the benches. So um, as we were walking around, we just, we kind of just walked over, and we felt like we should just go talk to this person. So we started talking to her, and like, hey, how are you doing? And she started telling us, like, some of her story, and, and um, she'd been homeless for a couple of years, and she was just starting to share some of her testimony. And we said, well, do you know Jesus? And she's like, oh, yeah. She's like, she, he's the only reason that I'm alive. And it, we kind of all got quiet, and we're like, oh my goodness, this is going to be great. I'm like, okay, well, can we just pray for you? And she said, yeah, for sure. Um, and we're kind of like, okay, so is there any, like, physical pain in your body or anything? And she said, well, my hips have been hurting for a long time. So we're like, okay, perfect. So we all, we're kind of all around her with these pretty big guys. So we're kind of just all huddled around this girl. We start praying, and um, we're praying that her hips are being healed. And uh, we got done praying, and we're kind of looking at her. We've got these big old grins on our faces, like, come on, this is going to be so good. We're like, okay, come stand up. Like, can you feel anything different? She goes, no. So um, we're like, okay, well, why don't you stand up and kind of you know, move her hips and see how it feels. So she stands up, and she's kind of moving around, and she's like, it feels a little bit better. And you could tell that she wasn't actually feeling any better. She just felt bad for us because we were really eager. And we're like, <laughs> so we're like, okay, no, 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 no. We want to pray again. We want to get it completely healed because God wants to heal you. Um, and she's like, okay, okay. So we ended up praying again. And we were praying in her face. Um, I was looking while I was praying. But anyway, sure. <laughs> her face all of a sudden started to change. And we could tell that something was happening. And we said, how do your hips feel? And she got up and she went like this. And she just, it looked like her jaw almost hit the ground. And she was like, oh my gosh, like my heels are completely, like my, they're completely healed. She had no pain at all. She was moving around. She didn't even believe that that really happened. And she couldn't believe that these hips were healed, that they've been in pain for so long. And so we were super excited. We were, I think we we're more excited than she was at the moment because she didn't know how to deal with it. And um, like, that's so awesome. And so we finished talking to her and we went around our business and kept walking and we were gone for two or three hours and we'd come back to that same spot and she was still there. 
And we were about to go get dinner. So we invited her to come out and get dinner. And we ended up talking to her more. But the coolest miracle about the whole night was we had come to her in this place of desperation where she could just see like the sadness on her face. And when we came back to her two hours later, she had this just joy about her. And she completely changed her story from all these things that had been bad about her life and all these things that had been bogging her down to all these amazing things and how amazing her family was. And she kept talking about her kids and how much excited she was to see them. And it just completely changed her outlook on life. And that was the biggest miracle of the night. I have never met Tim before. You have a story of healing. I do. Is it good? It's an awesome one. Can you keep it under two minutes? I will. Sweet. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm, I'm, I'm Tim Howard. I'm with uh, Rackford Res up in uh, Rack, Rackford. So uh, you're good. That makes me feel so, um, so I'm here with Jonathan. Jonathan told me I had to come up here and give a story. So there you go. Um, so we had a group uh, go out to San Francisco on a, on a mission trip here in uh, July. And uh, we had, uh, most of us that went on that trip uh, went to the Power and Love Conference downtown at the Delta Plex. And uh, so we were eager to get out there and, uh, you know, uh, practice what we learned at the Power and Love Conference. So uh, the first night we were out, um, they typically give us uh, bags of chips when we're out there on this mission trip. And we use that as bait to give a to initiate a conversation with people there. And um, we, I've got uh, three gals that were with me that night, Dana and my wife, Julie and Michelle. And uh, so we were walking along the streets there in San Francisco in the Tenderloin District, which is, you know, they're a seedy district down there. And uh, we're looking for our uh, first prospects, if you will. And um, lo and behold, we had uh, a couple of women come up to us uh, their names were um, Pamela and Letitia. And uh, so we started to engage in a conversation, asked them if they wanted some chips, and yeah, they took the bait. And uh, so then we uh, started talking to them, and then I asked them, I says, do you know who Jesus is? And the one gal said to me, yeah, I do. And I go, how do you know Jesus? She goes, I'm a PK. Preacher's kid. And I said, oh. So I said, you know who Jesus is? And I said, I, I'm, I suspect that you've kind of walked away a little bit from Jesus. And she goes, she, she admitted she had. And I said, well, we'd, we'd like to pray for you. I said, do you, do you have any physical conditions that we can pray for you about? And she goes, well, I've been suffering from rheumatoid arthritis for the last five years in my back. And you could tell because she was all kind of scrunched up like this. And I said, okay, so we're going to pray for you for healing in your back. And uh, I said to my wife, Julie, I says, Julie, why don't you pray? And so Julie put her hand on her back. And, and um, uh, before we prayed, we always asked, we were taught, ask what the levels were of the, the pain levels. And she said it was a 10. So Julie prayed the first prayer. And we said, okay, so how, how does that feel? She goes, a little better. I says, on a scale of one to 10, how, do, what, what, how would you rate it? And she goes, I'd give it an eight. And I go, oh, God's present. So I said, let's pray again. And so the second time, Julie bound up any spirits that were inside of her and cast them out. And at the end of the prayer, I said to Pamela, I says, how did that? She goes, oh. And as Julie was praying, later on I heard this, that Julie could feel her, her, uh, her back starting to crunch back into place. And I says, what's your pain level at? She goes, it's at a three. And she's 
perking up a little bit. I go, okay, we're going to get rid of that right now. And so we prayed one more time, and at the end of the prayer, she was beaming. She had no pain in her back, nothing at all. Praise God. So it gets better. So it gets better. And, and, and her friend, Letitia, had a, had a leg problem from her knee down to her, and her ankle. And I said, okay, Letitia, we're going to pray for you, and we're going to heal that leg. And um, Michelle said, freely receive, freely give. And it snapped into my head, we're, we need to have Pamela pray for Letitia. So I said to Pamela, I says, Pamela, you're going to pray healing into Letitia's leg. And she goes, I can't pray. I can't pray. And I said, oh, yeah, you can. I says, just get on your knees and put your hand on her ankle, hand on her leg. And I said, just repeat after me. So I, I said a prayer. She repeated it. And at the end of the prayer, I said, okay, Letitia, how's the leg feel? She goes, I got no pain. <laughs> she was completely healed on the spot. Praise God. So, so both of them, um, you know, you could see the, a beam, just a, a radiant, a new glow, a, a new face, a new life in them, a new spirit as a result of that. So just praise God. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks for that. Everyone, Jonathan, right? Jonathan. Got it right. Yeah. This is Jonathan. Jonathan, sorry about that. Throwing you a curveball. Daniel said it was okay. So, yeah, just keeping it real. Yeah, yeah, communication. So, anyway, so, yeah, we're from up at Rockford Res, and we've still been going out, like, once a month and everything and doing that because, you know, normally it's, like, the testimony of the healing that happened, and it's a really big deal. And then, you know, it's like, okay, we've just been addicted to praying for people and seeing God move. It's addicting to see in a good way. And, um uh, we, we were out the other night and we prayed, uh, just been going out in the street. We met back at a certain location and one of our team members had, um, kind of was messed up, got in a car accident, got hit by a semi in a bad accident and she was all twisted up and in physical therapy for a year. And uh, we're like, well, we're going to pray for you. So we gathered around her, prayed for her. Her problem was she couldn't lift her arm any higher than this, and then she was in physical therapy because she couldn't hold anything. And we're like, well, you know, hold your arm, move it up after we prayed. And she goes, oh, no, I can't move it. And she's like, oh, wait, you know, hand me a bottle of water. So someone hands her a bottle of water, and she gingerly holds it. And she's kind of like, whoa, you can't normally do that without therapy. And then she goes, step back, you know. And then so she, she reached a little further, and then she started crunching it a little bit, and she started looking at her husband and kind of like freaking out, like, I can't do this. And they were like, well, move the arm up. And she goes, no, it, it doesn't move. And then it, boom, like it shot up. I mean, she couldn't, she was doing windmills and, and she was all twisted up. And she was literally, I said, look at you. Like she was straight in her arm and she was doing things. And like, I could punch that. I could punch you in the face. I'm like, well, good. Well, don't. So anyways, yeah, we, we, we prayed to close up the night and she held everybody's hands up and it's good. So come on. It's amazing. I can sense the faith rising in the room. This is amazing. It's only going to get better. Hey, everyone, this is my good friend, Mike. Welcome, Mike. Here you go. Well, Jake asked me to talk to, about a couple things, so I'm hoping he gives me four minutes. But. Oh. <laughs> um, as Jake knows, I'm in Bible study with a number of pastors from other denominations, and, um, and I'm very abrupt when I in those Bible studies. So... Um, 
<clears throat> they had had a couple people who were missing from the Bible study. One was a grandfather who was a retired missionary. And he had called in and said he wouldn't be there because his grandson, the week before it had an MRI and his veins and arteries were all twisted in a knot. And now the brain, the brain had started to bleed. So he was asking for prayers because they, he was missing because they were in an emergency session taking him to the hospital to have another pre-op MRI the following morning. So the pastors asked me to pray. Um, so I did. Um, we spoke directly to the illnesses and not only that, they told me he'd never work again. And I, I said he'd be working within two weeks. So the following morning, I'm texting back and forth with Jake. <laughs> and uh, I got an email while we're texting back and forth from the pastor who runs the Bible study. And he said, amazing, the MRI, MRI results just came back. For some reason, the veins and arteries had gone back into place. The, ble the breeding on the um, brain had ceased, and he was going back to work Monday. <laughs> I also volunteer at Streetlight, and this is the second one. Um, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Kevin, um, we were walking through Hartside uh, Park, and we saw a, a man who could not stand up. He was bent over like an L-shape, and, and I came up and I asked him if he needed anything. He asked for money. I said, I don't carry money, but I said, I can pray for you. He said, pray for what? I said, it looks like you have a back problem. Can you tell me what it is? And he was bent over, and he was trying to lift his T-shirt, and he couldn't, so I helped him, and he had been in a dispute three years earlier with a man, and the guy pulled out a gun and shot a hole through his spine, so he couldn't stand up. So I said, well, I know the creator who created you healed in the first place, so I said, can we pray for your back? And he said, sure. So I put my finger right in the hole in his back and then spoke to the vertebrae to be restored. And while I'm doing that, I felt him stand up. And this guy's 6'6". He was only this tall when I started praying for him. So, so he's 6'6", and he's, he's freaking out. And he says, man, that works. And I said, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so he says... I was, I was diagnosed with cirrhosis of the liver because he had a drinking problem. He said, can you pray for that? Because I'm in constant pain. I said, sure. I put my hand right on his, on his liver and command it. He goes, it's gone. Not only that, so I can feel my feet for the first time in three years. Come on. Thalia, everyone. This is Thalia. Here you go. I like this testimony. It's a little bit different than the others, but it's a good one. Hi. So um, uh, a few years ago, God healed me of like horrible cystic acne that had plagued me and I'd struggled with for like 16 years. And, um, you know, through that, those like 16 years, there had been many times where I'd prayed over myself and I was kind of like expecting a miracle where I'd, you know, pray over myself and I'd go to the mirror and it's like still there. And, you know, you get like, oh, like you kind of feel just um, bummed out and you're like, okay, it's, it didn't work. I'm not healed. And then you just kind of go to like the next time that you pray and you're like, okay, it's going to happen this time. It's going to happen this time. And, you know, then I, there are many times where I'd pray over myself, like, before going to bed, being like, I'm going to, like, when I wake up in the morning, I just know it's going to be gone. It's going to be gone. And then I'd go and it'd still be there. And kind of how the Bible says, you know, hope deferred makes a heart sick. And I was kind of at that point. And um, then one night, like, my husband and I were listening to a CD on a, on a, a sermon on a CD. And just some of the stuff that I'd been hearing for like years, but just for some reason, like the way the guy said at that time, it just hit me. And um, just like a bunch of constipation just like went out of my brain. And I just kind of like had this moment with God where I was like, I get it. Like I'm 
already healed. And I got to a point where I stopped waiting for it to happen. And I started realizing that it's already been done you know, through what Jesus Christ did for us. And um, it was took a process of, of walking out of, in faith and um, through like years of listening to things, I had come to the realization too of like what the difference between a miracle and a healing is and that I was going to walk out of healing. And it took like two months for that um, 100% manifestation of that. And um, it was really beautiful just seeing the Lord like make the, you know, do the transformation in my skin and just realizing that, you know, uh, just of what he's done for us, you know, at the cross. So I just want to encourage people too that are out there tonight that if there is something that you're dealing with that is, you know, you can see it, it's, it's on your body or whatever, you know, God still wants you healed of that. You know, it says in his word that um, let patience have its perfect work in you, that you can be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So that's one of the things that I stood on because um, the devil did try to come at me and attack me with, you know, well, you just want, you're, you're just trying to be vain, you know, and um, just a lot of like negative thoughts like that. And, and I would even talk to God about that, like thinking like, oh, you know, it's just, you know, but God's like, no, you know, you're not supposed to be lacking anything. So if there's any lack in your body, God wants you healed of that. And yeah. Sweet. Are you the last one? Okay. Turn. Y'all need Jesus. They're the same shirt. So cute. It was sadly not buy one, get one free, but whatever. Okay, so I have a story about my coworkers. Praying over strangers is easy because if it's weird, for me, if it's weird, they don't care. You just walk away. Church people, they believe the same God, read the same book, so it's easy. But coworkers, they're fun because if you look stupid, you have to see them every day. <laughs> so I have this lady. She smashed her hand in a mixer. I work at a pizza joint, so it's not weird. Uh, so she smashed her hand in the mixer, and I mean, her hand was huge, and it was swollen up, and she couldn't move her fingers. And I was like, can I pray for you? Because I just learned about this stuff. I th- thought it was cool. Um, I was super nervous, so I didn't want to do it. So I talked to God. He's always fun. Uh, so I was like, I will pray for her if nobody comes in. And we had another person on shift, so I was like, ha, gotcha. Uh, so the whole lobby clears. There's nobody there. My other coworker decides to take a smoke break. So now it's just me and her. I'm like, dang it. So I prayed over her. Long story short, she got healed right there. Um, she was like, it's warm. I don't know what you just did. I was like, God healed you. It's pretty cool. Um, I freaked her out. She didn't talk to me for three days. Um, but after three days, she's like, what did you do? So I got to witness to her, and it was really cool. Uh, so that's my story. That's amazing. Conclusion. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And as I was praying for tonight, I specifically felt the Lord tell me that he wanted to break and bind the spirit of religion specifically tonight. Spirit of religion says it's all right. Spirit of religion says that's fake. Spirit of religion says that's a coincidence. He wants to break that because when we break that, heaven comes. When Jesus came, he came to break the spirit of religion. The the Pharisee says, you can't heal on a Sabbath. And Jesus is like, what are you talking about? What shepherd wouldn't, wouldn't save his sheep when, when, it's, when it's lost and it's broken and it's hurting? Listen, tonight, tonight's the night for you. Don't allow the logic and reasoning 
to stop you from receiving what's rightfully yours. Because everything that's necessary to receive full healing was purchased on the cross and through the blood. It says in Isaiah, it says, by his stripes, and it says in 1 Peter, it says, by his stripes, you are healed. Not you're going to be, it's a present tense. So tonight is not, a much, is not as much about striving as it is about receiving what's rightfully yours. So tonight, we have an amazing opportunity. The same people that just came up and shared, they're gonna be our ministry team. They're gonna be our prayer team. So you guys can even, even like right now, everyone that we've asked to be part of the team, we just ask that only those that we've asked to be a part of this prayer team. So everyone that we've asked to be part of that team, come up to the front. And Daniel, you can come up as well. Um, and, and really the rest of the night, the nice, nice sleep. The rest of the night is gonna be about, if you guys can even spread out, you guys like spread all the way down, spread all the way down. So if you notice, where's Jacob? Look at, how old are you? Eight, eight years old. Listen, Jesus said, you must have, if you wanna see the kingdom, you gotta have faith like a child. I say, why not, why have faith like a child? Just bring the child up. Listen, so we have eight years old, we have a junior hire, we have college, we have, I'm not gonna ask you how old you guys, parents and families, 11 year old, college students, high schoolers. Listen, the picture that I got of like this service was, no matter where you are, the kingdom's for everyone. Healing's for everyone. And he's not just ordained and called people who work in a church to do it. It's everyday people. Mike, what do you do? Sales. Crystal? Homeschool mom. Joe Deal? He's in high schooler. College student. Brad, what do you do? Architect. Shane, what do you do? Works at Dream Center. Tammy, what do you do? Massage. Therapist. Nice. Tammy? Substitute school teacher. Nate? College. Spencer? Pizza. <laughs> listen, like, listen, and you heard, we did it on purpose. You heard how the kingdom has been flowing through each and every one of them already. And it's not about qualifying them, or, or, but it is about raising the faith level in the room. And we're raising the faith level for God to do what he wants to do, which is to heal a whole bunch of people. So, Daniel's gonna direct um, at this point. He's gonna direct, he's gonna give us some instructions and then we're gonna go on from there. All right, so um, we're gonna pray for, if you've got a need in your body, we are going to pray for you. But we're going to start out pretty specific. Um, we're gonna let, um, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna call out a couple of issues that I pray, as I was praying in my office, I said, God, what do you want to do? And there's a couple of things that, that God spoke, and I'm going to call those out first, um, and we'll get to everything else. Um, if you would like to come up and have well, one of them lay hands on you, um, just a minute, I'm going to invite you to do that, and, and God's going to move here. If you say, you know what? These signs will follow those that believe. I want someone to pray for me right here. If you're a believer, that qualifies you to respond and obey Jesus and pray for them. Um, so if you want to come forward, great. We'll pray for you here. You can be healed here. If you don't want to come forward, you can raise your hand where you're at and somebody around you will pray for you. And I want to, I want to challenge you. Um, 
don't just turn to the person that you always come with and have them pray for you. When Jesus went to his hometown, they were familiar and discounted him. So if they can discount Jesus, it's easy to discount some of your family members. So scooch around, move somebody. If you find someone with their hand up, pray for them. And if you're not a believer, you got off the hook of that one. But um, Jesus loves you. And he wants to heal their bodies and he wants to, a relationship with you. And um, we're going to pray for round one. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity if you don't know Jesus, to make Jesus your Lord because he loves you and he wants good things for you. He wants to heal your body, but he wants to forgive you and he wants to set you free. So we're going to give you that opportunity in just a minute. But as we start, and we're going to worship while people are praying, if you're not praying for somebody, I really feel like if you have a blood issue, I like stuff that you can see, but God's like, there's some blood issues that I want to heal. So if you've got a blood issue, God wants to heal it tonight. Um, and we're going to pray for you. And then I felt like he said that there are those that are presently in pain and just heard that he has compassion on you and wants you well. So get ready. If you've got a blood issue or you are presently in pain, you're up first. We're going to pray for you and see God do a work in you. Um, and then we're going to stand to our feet if you're not praying for somebody and we're going to worship. And then if you're up here, especially if you're presently in pain and you feel God move, um, we want to hear about it. And we'll end up sharing some of those testimonies while people are getting prayed for. Um, whether you want to share it yourself or you want Jake to share it for you, um, we'd love to. Last time we did this, I asked for it and people didn't want to come up to me until afterwards. And I hear like, oh, I couldn't feel my toes. I had a circulation issue. You prayed. And by the time I got back to my seat, I could feel my toes. I was healed. And the story goes on as God was doing awesome, awesome things. So God is going to move. If you guys can all stand, if you want healing um, for starters, the blood issue, or you're in pain presently, come on forward or raise your hand and those around you will gather around. And if you don't fit in any of that, can't find someone with their hand up, then worship as we begin um, to pray for people because God is on the move. I see hands if you don't yet. <laughs> 